All right, hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of From My Point of View. We are going to start something new, or at least I'm going to try, <laughs> in on Mondays, uh, Marvel Mondays. I know, very catchy, very original, right? Um, but basically, Marvel's been rolling out uh, their Disney Plus series uh, a few weeks ago, the beginning of March, I think it was, uh, first week of March, um, WandaVision ended. And then there was a week break, and then Marvel rolled right into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is on um, episode two, just came out this past Friday. So because of this, and because I think after the Falcon Winter Soldier ends, it's gonna, I think, roll right into Loki. Um, so when that's all over... Uh, we go right into Loki, and it's just like a steady stream of content for Marvel. And considering there aren't any movies coming out that I can talk about for them, uh, Black Widow, I think, was just announced to be June 9th or something like that. But basically, I thought it'd be a good idea for to start off every week talking about uh, the newest episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then eventually Loki. So that's what we're going to do. This is the first uh, episode. Obviously, I didn't do one for episode one. So in this episode, it's probably going to be longer than the preceding episodes will be. But that's because we're covering the first and second episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier on this one. And then in the next upcoming weeks, we'll just cover the one episode that came out uh, each week. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Falcon and Winter Soldier. As far as the timeline goes... Um, we know that WandaVision takes place immediately after Endgame. In the in the first episode, Sam uh, Falcon Sam has a conversation uh, with this other guy, um, Torres, I think his name is, and he's like, "Oh, I've been working with the Air Force for like six months." So that gives us a little bit of a timeline that six months has passed. So that gives Endgame to be around October twenty twenty three. WandaVision is November of 2023, like when it ends, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier is around April of 2024, and then Spider-Man Far From Home takes place in June of 2024. So even though uh, Far From Home was the last movie of Phase 3, there obviously now Marvel is backtracking and trying to cover all its bases about what happened in between Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home with all the other Avengers. So with Falcon Winter Soldier, I, I, I think right off the bat there's something I want I want to talk about. And it's there in, in the first two episodes in general, um, their ability to continue to world build in this Marvel Cinematic Universe is like second to none, man. It's so good. And finally, they're answering questions about like what people nagging about would be. So in episode one, Sam goes with his sister who lives in Louisiana. Um, and they have like a family. Uh, it's like a surf shack. Not, a, not surfing, but it's like seafood shack kind of place. They have their own boat. Their parents owned it, and now she owned it, and then obviously she had it this entire time when Sam was gone during the blip and all that. But uh, basically, they go for a loan because his sister's in 
some finance. She's in a bit of a pinch financially, whatever, and he wants to help. She tells him to butt out. It's her business. She managed without him. She doesn't want to like drag him into it with her. And it's like this whole like sibling family thing. So first off, it gives Sam more. It elaborates more on Sam's backstory and his his life before he was, uh, you know, the Falcon and also just, I think, uh, a paratrooper. He's from Louisiana. I don't know if they ever, like, elaborated on that or not. I didn't know he was from Louisiana. Um, but I think Anthony Mackie is actually also from Louisiana. So it, it works out uh, just because of, like, the different dialect that you have there. If you're from, uh, like, Baton Rouge area, uh he'll be able to, you know, make it, obviously it's going to be very convincing because he is, he knows like what that dialect's like and how to have that kind of accent. So that's cool that they just kind of adapted Falcon's backstory to Anthony Mackie, unless they, you know, said something earlier on in other movies or whatever about him being from Louisiana. I just don't remember them ever doing that. Anyway, uh, he goes to get like a loan with his sister and basically the, the banker, the bank teller kind of ogles over the fact that like, oh, he's like, the, you're like the Falcon, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts asking like, do they have like a, like a hero's fund? Did Tony Stark pay you guys like while he was around, you know? And Falcon kind of gives like a, a uh, or Sam gives a, a vague answer uh, really about like, well, you know, it's people are always very generous for like the things we do and stuff like that. So I guess in a sense, yeah, there is, by Sam's answer, I guess in some way uh, there's some type of heroes fund where they do have that kind of shit where it's like people just donate and um, eventually like you get a little bit of a cut because um, I don't think they've ever really touched on like what people make. Obviously, Tony Stark's a, a billionaire. So uh, like the Avengers complex, the Avengers Tower, um Probably most of their gear, if they have, like, other shit, he probably paid for a lot of it. So now, the fact that he's gone, very interesting um, that they decided to to touch on this and to uh, kind of expand on the more logistics of the superhero payment plan, you know? And uh, he also brings up the bank teller that... Sam hasn't had a source of income for five years. And he's like, well, you know, obviously I haven't had a source of income for five years. I didn't exist. Like he was part of the blip. So that would make a lot of sense. And they go in from episode one to episode two. They expand on that a lot about, uh, you know, people, the government and people are trying to, um, reestablish like social security numbers, uh, like bank account informations, all this, all these things of these people who just disappeared. Um, no one thought they were going to come back. So at some point, whether it was a year or two in whatever, they probably closed down all of these things. And yeah. And, and now all of a sudden these, these people reappeared again so you have to kind of correct what you what you closed out. You have to get everyone like a new social security number. It's pretty much everyone just starting from scratch. And it's like, you know, you're being born again. Like when a baby is born, obviously you get all these 
freaking numbers assigned to you or whatever, and you become like recognized by the government and like a person. So it's tough when obviously these people who had lives before the blip, they come back. Now you you pretty much have to like reestablish yourself as like a like a citizen again. And it's very like chaotic and hectic, and that's something that they really um they really highlighted, especially when they started talking about the the flag smashers, which are the villainous group, or they're one of the villains in uh, this show. Right now, they're the main. They seem to be the main problem, but there is probably something. There there might be something more because right, I don't think we've seen. I'm getting ahead of myself. So in episode one, this guy Torres, um, you know, he's helping out Falcon on this mission and the U.S. government's getting very shady again, kind of like with the whole Hydra is actually, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually Hydra kind of thing. It's like on the, like, it's that kind of, uh, like skepticism, not skepticism, but it's like, uh, uh, suspicion, it's very suspicious what's going on. So this first mission, this opening action sequence with Falcon, Sam is, you know, flying around and he's on a rescue op. Um, and he has like no backup. He has no intel other than the guy that he is supposed to be rescuing is on this like cargo ship. Uh, he enters the cargo ship and the guy that is in charge of this whole kidnapping stunt is the the French guy? I forget his name. I think he's French, but he's the dude from the beginning of the of the Winter Soldier that fights Captain America in like hand to hand combat and uh, like does decently well, but then eventually loses, obviously, because Cap does like some crazy bicycle kick to his face. Um, but that's him. So he shows back up. This is a character they brought back from the Winter Soldier, like I just said. Uh, so he shows up. So immediately, like that's something. That is pretty sketchy because this dude was actually hired. This dude in the Winter Soldier, Captain America infiltrated his boat because they had cap he or he had captured him and his crew had captured a bunch of shield agents. But those shield agents, we know later on, we find out were actually Hydra agents and they were hired by them to like kidnap him. For the, it's like this whole big, you know, it's all that whole big conspiracy thing. So why is he now showing up, uh, capturing like one individual? like, army commander, officer guy, captain, whatever he is. It's a bit sketchy, obviously, because he was tied to the whole Hydra thing. Um, and then on top of it, like, Sam goes in. The only people that are there are, are Torres and, like, three other dudes in, you know, uh, like a Humvee riding below them, like, tracking them from the ground. But there's nothing that they can do. They can't provide any backup, so... Um, obviously... Shit goes sideways for Sam, and he does a bunch of cool uh, flips and uh, <laughs> flies around tracking them on their helicopter. Eventually, he completes his mission, whatever. And that was cool, but again, very sketchy. And uh, then we got this other guy, Torres, who gives me like a weird vibe. I don't know, man, because he, he was... Uh, they were, him and Sam were, like, getting food or whatever, and, um, he's, like, live streaming the entire thing, which I thought was odd, um, and then, I mean, I guess you can point it to the fact that he ends up finding, like, a Flag Smasher logo somewhere around there or whatever, and then is able to, like, bring that, like, tell Sam about 
them like online. They're like an online conspiracy group, shit like that. Uh, basically, this, he goes to tell Sam the Flag Smashers are a group that wants one unified world, um, like a world without borders are his words, I think they are, and uh, which is kind of like how the world was after the blip because, you know, half the people on the planet were dead. So it's like, well, now what do you, what do, you do, right? So everyone, I guess, kind of came together in that sense. But those are who the Flag Smashers are. Kind of like a, a terrorist group, I guess, if you want to describe them that way. He also mentions Captain America, Torres. He asks him about Cap. Like, you know, there are rumors that he's on the moon, which is funny because, you know, Fury's got that whole uh, sword space station floating around now up there. So it, it was kind of weird. But Sam doesn't really give, like, a straight answer. So it, it's a little weird because when him and Bucky end up talking about cap and whatever they talk about him like he's dead and that he's like gone he's never coming back yada yada but uh i don't i don't know because he doesn't really give a straight answer to this torres kid so it, it feels like he might still be around just like super old obviously because unless he died between when he showed up at the end of endgame as an old man and then these like six months that have passed according to sam because that's how he said he was um, how long he was working with the Air Force for. So we're not sure if Captain America is alive, dead, MIA, like just disappeared into his own like little life again, whatever. And then we get uh, Bucky, what he's been up to. He is doing like mandated court therapy and all that because he was pardoned by the president. But as part of the pardon, he had to go to therapy because obviously he is... Uh, still catching up on a shit ton of PTSD. And it, it's a nice reflection of him and Cap because when Captain America, in Winter, when we see him in Winter Soldier, he has a little book that he keeps all these things about things he has to catch up on and things he has to, to find uh, or things he has to like watch, things he has to read, like popular or uh, notorious or popular pop culture events, all that shit. And Bucky is like the opposite. He keeps a little book with a bunch of names of people that he has to make amends to. And one of those names is like this old uh, Japanese guy, I think. Um, I think he's Japanese. And he keeps having a nightmare about uh, he goes and kills... I think he goes to like a U.S. embassy or some shit like that. He kills a bunch of people and uh, they show the flashback and he kills this this young dude who's there. And uh, what it didn't seem like really a part of it, but Bucky kills him, obviously no witnesses. And he obviously ended up offending now his father and his father, you know, talks to Bucky about his son and he's like, I don't know how he died. They said it was like an accident, but something doesn't feel right. And it's because Bucky killed his son. So that's obviously very brutal for him because this nice guy that he's been hanging out with and getting getting food with doesn't ask too many questions about who he is, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's like, okay, well, he killed his son and that's something that he has to try and come to terms with. I don't believe he ever tells him though that he killed his son. And then uh, to wrap up episode one, because I just finished watching episode two, so that's fresh on my mind, but... They show, well, the big, the biggest thing here is that Sam 
ends up giving the shield to the U.S. government to put on display in the Captain America uh, memorial like museum because he doesn't feel like he is Captain America. Like at the end of Endgame, you know, Steve gives gives him the shield and he's like, how's it feel? He's like, it feels like it belongs to someone else. And Steve says it doesn't. Um, but Sam still feels like he is not like the guy that America needs. He can't be Captain America. He can't fill Steve's shoes and he just can't do it. He doesn't want to do it. And, uh, instead of keeping the shield, he ends up giving it to the U S government. Like I said, to be put into this, uh, Captain America Memorial, obviously the shield doesn't stay there. Like almost immediately, the U.S. government turns around and they give the shield to a guy named John Walker. And John Walker, they go into his backstory a little bit in the beginning of episode two. And uh, he has a gun. Also, they 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 showcase him. He comes out in the cat in like this new cap suit. He has a gun holstered on his right hip. And you know, people might freak out about that a little bit, but this dude is not a super soldier. Um. He's a fucking crazy good, like, regular soldier. Um, think, like, Killmonger, right? Like, he's like, like he's on, apparently, I think that's what they're going for. He's on that kind of level where he doesn't have any superpowers, but he's pretty freaking close. Like, he's a, a crazy decorated soldier. Um, and Captain America used a gun in the first Captain America movie. If you don't remember, you should go back and watch it. Uh... He has a pistol. And then when he comes back, he gets unthawed and comes back in the modern day. He doesn't really use guns anymore and just really uses his shield to do all the all the all his work, all his heavy lifting. Um, but this guy, John Walker, obviously not a super soldier, doesn't have the same kind of strength as Captain America and all that. So he has a gun, he has the shield, and that's your new well, that is America's new Captain America, apparently. That's what they're that's what they're going for. It feels like he's just like a propaganda kind of tool. But we see him in action in episode two. The guy's the real deal. So let's jump into episode two. We start off with right before he shows up to his old high school, John Walker. He's in a locker room and he's getting ready to trot out in the Captain America um, outfit. And he's like on Good Morning America and they're doing an interview with him. Like, how's it feel? It's like a whole press tour thing, that, which is why it feels like it's just a U.S. government propaganda tool like he's not actually going to do anything right so we get this uh this dialogue between him and his friend who's Lamar Hoskins uh they have like a nice conversation he tells Walker tells him about like his nerves not sure if he can do it blah 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 um but basically he he he's he makes it makes him seem like he's like a well-intentioned good guy and I I think that's important to note like, I think this, this Walker dude, this John Walker guy, I think he genuinely wants, genuinely wants to be, like, a good Captain America. Um, however, there's just no way that he's going to be, like, I think it's going to turn where he, he realizes that the government's kind of, like, using him. And instead of being, like, government contracted, which he is currently right now as Captain America, he'll, like, go off rogue with, with Sam and Bucky at some point to try and do the right thing. But as of right now, he's just pretty much uh, 
a U.S. contracted soldier wearing the Stars and Stripes. He's not like the real Captain America, obviously. Um, but it, it makes him a little bit more likable. Uh, we find out he's like the only person to ever receive like three Medal of Honors or something like that. Um, so they, they try and boost him up as like this super selfless guy. He's a great war hero, a guy who's deserving of the Captain America mantle. And all the while, Bucky is staring at the TV, seething with anger. So unbelievably mad that Sam gave up the shield. Um, he ends up join, like tracking down Sam. He's like, you know, why'd you give up the shield? Why'd you give up the shield? And Sam pretty much tells him to piss off. He's like, this isn't like something I did uh, easily or without like a second thought. Like I wanted to keep the shield, but... He's like, I, I just, I couldn't, I can't do it. He, and whatever. And Bucky isn't mad about that. He's more mad at the fact that, like, that's Steve's, like, lasting legacy. And he just, like, gave it away to the U.S. government, who is notoriously not good. We had a couple of, uh, couple of funny quips between Sam and Bucky. I think Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are hilarious together. They have, like, really good chemistry on screen. Um, so when Bucky tracks down Sam... Uh, Sam's going to like, I think he says he's going to Munich to track down these flag smasher guys. And Bucky's like, okay, I'm coming with you. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. Um, and Sam says, oh, this could be part of like the big three. And he's like, what are you talking about? Big three. He's like aliens, androids, and wizards. He's like, he's like, wizards aren't real, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, Dr. Strange is a wizard. He's like, no, he's not. He's a sorcerer. And Bucky says something funny. He's like, Wizards, what are you, like, going to face Gandalf? And Sam goes, you know who Gandalf is? And he's like, yeah, I read the... He's like, I read Lord of the Rings back in 1937 when it first came out. <laughs> I thought that was... I thought that was really, really, really freaking funny. Um, Bucky has a pretty... It's like a dry sense of humor, but it, it's good. It really works well um, with Anthony Mackie. And they have some a good on-stream chemistry. But... They track down the Flag Smashers, they think they have a hostage, and it turns out that these guys are like, it's like six or seven super soldiers. Uh, Bucky and Sam start getting their ass beat, and John Walker shows up with his trusty sidekick, uh, Hoskins, uh, Lamar Hoskins, and they continue to start, they look like they start getting the upper edge, but... Uh, Bucky almost gets ran over by like this 18 wheeler, whatever that they're driving and Sam saves him. They roll off like onto a ditch. Lamar Hoskins gets kicked off the, the, the truck and John Walker saves him by throwing the shield underneath him. So he doesn't hit the concrete and like splatter like a bug. And I thought it was, it was infuriating to watch this John Walker dude use Cap's shield so well. Like, he used it really well. Um, they even showed training footage before, like, earlier of him hitting, like, bouncing it, ricocheting it, like, three targets, and then coming back to him. He's using it, like, perfectly. Seamlessly. And it, it's it's infuriating to watch, and I think that's the point, obviously. Um, but he pulls himself back up onto the truck, and he goes to fight one of the, uh, this other girl who is the leader of the Flag Smashers. And she decks him, and he falls off, and that's it. So everyone lives. Obviously, no one dies. But they let the everyone gets the flag smashers get away, and um, 
John Walker tries to, they, they track down, you know, Bucky and Sam are just walking down the street. So they track them down in their little uh, car thing, whatever it is. And they try and convince them to work together. Like, oh, we got to work together. We know who these guys are. We know they're super soldiers. Uh, like, we can work together. We can take them down. And the straw, and Bucky's still, like, seething. Can't even bear to look at this dude in Captain America's suit with his shield. Like, he's pissed. And the final straw for him is that this dude, Lamar Hoskins, he's like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Lamar Hoskins. He's like, yep, you're going to need a lot more than that. Like, what? And then he's like, pretty much says he he's John Walker's sidekick. His name's Battlestar. So, and Bucky's like, Battlestar. Stop the car. <laughs> he makes the guy stop the car. He gets out, walks away. Sam's the same thing. They get pissed, and they leave. Um, After this... Bucky's like, okay, Sam, there's someone you need to meet. So they go to uh, Baltimore where they meet this uh, this black guy named Isaiah. And uh, apparently him and Bucky had a, uh, a, a spout, a battle during the Korean War was. And um, Isaiah reminisces about it and talks about how he took half of Bucky's metal arm. So... Right there, you're like, okay, that's a little weird. But then, obviously, it becomes increasingly clear that this guy, Isaiah, is also a super soldier. Um, Steve, Captain America, didn't know about him. Falcon didn't know about him until now. Bucky was the only one who knew about him. And uh, Bucky tries to, like, get an answer out of him. Like, do you know, like, anything that's going on? Like, we've just fought six other super soldiers. And he was like, get the hell out of my house. I want nothing to do with you. Um... Because apparently after, you know, him being a quote-unquote war here and all that, they threw him in jail for 30 years and they experimented on him. They were taking his blood and all of that. So it seems like now there were a lot of uh, Rachel undertones in this uh, in this episode and some just like not even undertones, just like very not good. Um, so... Basically, it's like, okay, well, the U.S. government experimented on him. It worked. And then because he's black, it's like they threw him in jail, experimented on him willy-nilly all they wanted, and no one ever knew about this guy who was essentially another Captain America because Cap wasn't around during the Korean War, right? So the only two super soldiers on the face of this earth were Bucky and that guy. And uh, it seems like now because of that little... Uh, him, that little line of him saying, oh, they came in, they took my blood, they treated me like a lab rat. Um, it seems like this is where the U.S. government got a supply of super soldier serum, maybe from this dude's blood. And he gets pissed. He tells, you know, Bucky and Sam to leave, and they do. Sam gets mad. He's like, how can you tell me that there was like a black super soldier and you didn't say anything until now? He's like, Steve didn't know. I was the only one who knew. I didn't want to bother him. He'd been through a lot, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the cops show up and they're like, sir, is this guy bothering you? Like, oh, is Sam bothering Bucky? He's like, what? No. Like, and they all, they kind of get mad. And then, you know, it turns into a little bit of a scary situation. And then they find out and they're like, oh, th these guys are Avengers. And he's like, oh, Mr. Wilson, I didn't realize you without the goggles or whatever. And Sam's like, obviously pissed off at this point. And then they arrest Bucky because he has a warrant out for his arrest because he missed his mandated therapy session. It's like, 
not checking in with your PO officer. So they arrest Bucky. They go back. John Walker bails him out. And then we get a nice therapy session between uh, Bucky, Sam, and their therapist. Um, Sam doesn't say anything, really, but we learn why Bucky is so upset about the shield. And it's because it was Steve's legacy. He trusted Sam. And if he was wrong about Sam not being the guy to hold the shield, then he was wrong about me, him, Bucky. Um, so that's why he's so upset because like, this is a guy, obviously Steve, who has the highest standards or holds, holds people in the highest regard. He's a good judge of character, obviously. And, you know, he's been through Bucky with thick and thin and to pick Sam to be the guy to pick the shield or to mantle up the shield next. And Sam being like, I'm not the right guy. Bucky's worried that, okay, well, if. Sam really isn't the right guy and Steve was wrong, then what does that say about me? And what does that mean about me? And, you know, Sam Sam and Bucky have a lot of funny lines and a lot of funny back and forths. But it, in this scene, they kind of solidify that, like, they really don't like each other too much. Um, I'd, I'm hoping that obviously changes and I assume that will change. But as of right now, they, like, both straight up are like, we don't want to... You know, we'll we'll handle this, we'll beat the Flag Smashers, we'll dismantle them, and then we go our separate ways and hopefully never see each other again. Like, that is what they really... And the only reason why, I think, up until this point, that they haven't seen each other, uh, the only reason why they're seeing each other is because Sam got rid of the shield, and that obviously drew Bucky out of hiding to go and, like, confront him and be like, yo, what are you doing? So after that, um, they leave the therapy session... Uh, well, Sam leaves first, and then Bucky starts walking out, and his therapist, yo, like, I know that look. What's wrong? And he's like, what was rule number two again? He has three rules. It's like uh, rule number one is don't do anything illegal. Rule number two is don't hurt anyone. And rule number three is make sure you, like, make amends to all these people. And that actually brings something up I almost I forgot to mention. When he's making amends with these people, the first one that they he, they show you doing, he's doing, is um, she's a senator ex-Hydra agent, whatever, I forget her name, but uh, he calls himself James Bucky Barnes, which I, this might be a me thing, I don't know how big of a deal it is to everyone else, but I hated that, because his name is James Buchanan Barnes, and then Buchanan is shortened to Bucky, so it's Bucky Barnes or James Buchanan Barnes, I felt it weird that he abbreviated or he gave he said his nickname as his middle name instead of his full normal name. I I don't know if that bothered anybody else. I just thought it was something that was a little weird because you know you don't if your middle name is your nickname like why would you call why would you say your full name but use your nickname instead of just your full name? It's very odd. Um, but basically, yeah, those are his three rules. So before he leaves, um, he turns around. He's like, "What was rule number two again?" And she says, don't hurt anyone. And then he just looks at her and he says, all right, goodbye, doc. And he just leaves. And then him and Sam are talking. They're like, well, Isaiah said something to uh, Bucky about your people. And Sam was like, I don't take it the wrong way, man. Like, he didn't mean it like that. And it was like a little joke about like, oh, you know, white guy, whatever. Uh, But Bucky's like, no, that's not what he meant. He meant Hydra. 
he meant Hydra as like my people. And Sam was like, oh shit, oh really? And he's like, okay, we got to go talk to this guy. He knows all of Hydra's secrets. And Sam was like, oh, you're going to go sit in a cell with this guy, really? And the episode ends with Sam saying, okay, let's go see Zemo. And Zemo, if obviously you don't remember, he is... He is the bad guy from uh, Civil War. He's the one that found the riddle, Little Red Book. He's the one who turned Bucky back into an assassin. He's the one who revealed that Bucky killed Tony Stark's parents. All that shit. Um, all because he's from Sokovia and, you know, the whole Ultron thing really pissed him off. So, I don't know. I don't think Zemo was technically a part of Hydra, but he knows all of Hydra's, like, history and his secrets because of, like, all the research and and you know, double crossing that he did. So they're going to go talk to him. And uh, obviously this is like a huge thing because at the end of Civil War, they think he's going to activate these, this like kill unit that Hydra had of these six or seven super soldiers that were probably stronger than Bucky um, and crazier too. And uh, he ends up killing them all in like a plot twist, right? He's like, no, I killed them all. And then he, he gets, you know, Bucky and Steve to fight Tony so they're obviously going there now they got to find out if he knows anything about different Hydra things if if this is because of them or is it because of the U.S. government we don't know either way but right now these flag smashers pretty much six or seven super soldiers running around uh doing bad shit and they're growing in like notoriety and uh yeah, they seem a little scared, though. It doesn't seem, like, they seem determined, but they don't seem like they're these trained soldiers. They just seem like civilians who happen to get their hands on the super soldier serum. And uh, the leader, the she makes reference to, uh, I forgot what she said, but it, it's it seems like, oh, his men are coming, whatever. So they're being chased by someone other, I think, than the U.S. government. Um, they got a lot of people breathing down their neck, so it's only a matter of time before someone catches them. But the the show ends, episode two ends with um, the camera panning down a corridor in like a maximum security prison or whatever it is. And uh, I almost had another line, another great line, I forgot. Um, Sam was teasing Bucky about... Uh, He's like, oh, look at you being all stealthy and stuff. You're like, uh, like a white panther. And that he's like, all oh, that time in Wakanda got you really, got you really looking stealthy. You're like a white panther. And then Bucky goes, it's actually white wolf. And Sam's like, what? <laughs> because Sam didn't know, but obviously when Bucky was uh, being held in Wakanda for safety reasons, um, they started calling him the white wolf. That was his nickname down in Wakanda, <laughs> which is hilarious he's like yeah you're looking like a like a white panther right now he's actually white wolf (laughs) wait what (laughs) i thought that was hilarious and then the hobbit one had me like audibly laughing out loud for at least like a couple minutes he's like yeah i I did i read the book back in 1937 when it came out um that was great like the show Hit the ground running. I got to give it its props. It's nothing like WandaVision. WandaVision was shorter, like 28 to like 35 minute episodes. Um, And there was 
three episodes of buildup for the world and like, you know, the hex, obviously they had the themes for all of that. So it's a much, much, much different show. This comes in, hits the ground running with like this opening action sequence with Sam flying around on a rescue mission. Um, so there's a good amount of action. They kind of world build even more with the whole money situation and how people who are coming back from the blip are dealing with all of that and finances and that stuff. Give Sam some more story back, uh, background and, you know, where he's from, his family, etc. Um, and then Bucky catching up with him, what he's doing. He's just being Bucky, trying to make amends for everything he did wrong as the Winter Soldier, which the list is probably freaking infinite. But either way, good start for them. And uh, we, we meet the villains right off the bat, whether there's a bigger threat at hand or it's just the Flag Smashers. I don't know, but... You know, six super soldiers off rip, super cool. Um, I'm glad that, you know, they introduced him in the first episode because Torres goes to meet up with like this flag smashers like group up and people who support them. And then he tries to arrest one of the flag smashers and he gets his ass kicked. And that's how they know they're super soldiers. Um, So they hit the ground running. Good action. Um, I, I like the direction that they're going. The episodes are longer. Both episodes were 45 plus minutes of actual screen time and then you know two or three minutes of credits or whatever it is so the episodes are longer it's faster paced there's more action uh it's a little bit it's more gritty obviously than wandavision they kind of let loose a little bit with the language they say like shit and stuff like that which you know generally speaking you don't hear that much of those kind of things in uh marvel movies sometimes there's the occasional uh you know like crude word that they drop in or whatever so it's 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 definitely cool it's definitely a, a different change of pace you go from like this reality warping show with uh like you know scarlet witch magic and sorcery and whatever and now it's like boots to the ground fisticuffs hand-to-hand combat and then loki is going to be completely different where it's like godlike mischief and uh Different scenarios with him. They're going to probably be dealing with other kinds of gods and all that. So it's like magic, boots to the ground fighting, and then a more space-oriented story. Um, traveling around with the space stone as Loki does and stuff like that. So that it's, it's really cool. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, never doubt Marvel, man. They, they always seem to come through. Uh, because I was skeptical about these both of these shows, WandaVision and The Falcon and Winter Soldier. I wasn't sure how I was going to enjoy either one of them. But I really, really enjoyed WandaVision. And now, so far, this Falcon and Winter Soldier has been awesome. Like I said, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are hilarious together when they're on screen. It, like, they're serious. They're good actors. But, like, their quippy back and forths are top tier. I, I'm really enjoying it a lot. So that's my review for the first two episodes. We'll be back next Monday. Uh, the episode will probably be half as long. We're like around 40-something minutes right now, whatever it's going to be. But that's because we did the first two episodes. Next week will be episode three and then episode four after that and so on and so forth. Fun little thing I wanted to try and do. So I hope you all enjoyed my uh, my review of the first two episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode is coming out Wednesday as regularly scheduled. Uh, but I'll see you all on Wednesday and then next Monday. I don't even know how I'm going to, cause I always end it with see you all next Wednesday, but if I'm doing this on Monday, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday, right? Like 
episode's coming out. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.